Hey guys, this is Justin again. Welcome back to Gilmy Talks, and I have Sue Van Der Hoven Dohausen, as she says it right on on the pod the podcast here. What are they? And Sue is a ventriloquist who I have known for a number of years years now through work, and. I wanted to get her on on the podcast because she had a very interesting story to tell, and I I want wanted to uh, to uh, wanted to tell it because she is um, honestly one of the kindest, nicest people I have ever met, and uh, and I just wanted want to get her uh, her story on because she helps a lot of it or oh, a lot a lot of people, and. She is very very funny, and she loves she loves what what she what she does, and it's not every day you actually meet a ventriloquist. One of the words I have a lot of trouble trouble I have a lot of trouble as hand, but and also I do have ten ten minutes with uh, Tom back on on the back half of the uh, the podcast here. I do have an announcement to what are they? You gotta listen all the way to the very end to hear it, guys, and it'll be probably a part of the podcast for the next uh, couple couple months. So just listen, and it it it'll be there. I'm gonna make this a pretty short intro to for today. I'm going to NXT on Thursday this week with my my good friend Ryan. He actually bought the ticket, so thanks, 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 buddy. I am driving down, but uh, he did all the all the work, work, work on getting the ticket. So, and I'm kind of lazy. But besides that, uh, we'll be hopefully I finally get finally get him on this thing, and uh, we can do a little little rundown of the uh, of the live show as well. And well, guys, thanks again for for for, for tuning in uh, this week, and always a uh, well, appreciate it. And talk to you again on the uh, on the end. Hi, the guys. Welcome to uh, Gilmia Talks uh, Talks again. And my guest uh, this week is Sue Van Dynhoven. That's it. I will mispronounce that name many many times, <laughs> but yeah, um, Sue here is a Van Twil. Ventriloquist. See words I I just cannot say. And when you put Van Dyenhoven <laughs> and ventriloquist together, it's just cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a guy with a stutterer's lisp <laughs> speech. It doesn't impediment. help. Yeah. <laughs> but well, whatever. But yeah, I I got Sue over to for today for a chat. Um, I have known Sue for a couple years years now. I've actually seen her perform before before meeting her, which is kind of a kind of a cool. Just brought brought her over for for a chat. Uh, this is why I edit these things, because I talk too much, I start yawning. <laughs> it's the constant partying, or could it be the four kids? I think it's probably more the four kids and no partying. Yeah, or yeah. just um, I don't really talk a lot and I more listen. Yeah. Yeah. Not used to it. Yeah. First thing, when did you, when did you figure out your uh, ventriloquist? Mm-hmm. I truly believe that ventriloquism you're born to do. 
I don't think, I know people have learned it, but I think you'll see that the people who are true ventriloquists are people who were literally born to do this craft. I knew from the time I was four or five, I loved making inanimate objects come alive. There was a magic to bringing them alive. And I had never seen a ventriloquist before. I had never seen a puppet show before. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I saw, I think, Charlie McCarthy for the first time on TV when I was maybe eight or nine. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's what I am. I'm a ventriloquist didn't even know. So yeah, I've been doing it literally all of my life um, in my own private life. I've just, I love doing it. It's, it's, it's an art form in itself. Yeah. First time, how, how did it actually start when you decided that I'm going to get a puppet and make it, make, try to make it a uh, dock? When I was a child, I had, now I didn't have puppets, but I had stuffed animals and they talked to everybody, oh, absolutely yeah. everybody. <laughs> I think it helped that I, I came from a really kind of scary background, a very scary childhood and stuffed animals were my safe zone. And if I could talk through a stuffed animal, that was probably easier than talking to people that scared me. <laughs> so I think I kind of used them as a shield as well. So, I, you know, before I even had puppets, I was making stuffed animals talk and I really didn't use a puppet until I was in my 20s and I had my two sons and I went to volunteer at Thames Valley Children's Center because I saw they had a program that used giant puppets for uh, teaching disability awareness, that kind of thing. And I, th I thought, oh my goodness, that would be a chance to really try using puppets for the first time in my life. Because my kids will tell you, everything talked when they were growing up. <laughs> and uh, and I loved it. I loved, I loved volunteering for Thames Valley Children's Center. I loved the program. It was called Kids in the Block. I did it for about 10 years. And that was my first, the first time that I actually used a puppet. And they were, they were like blown away because I came in and just like did it because this is what I was meant to do. Yeah, because people who have, um, who have our, our artistic sides, they tend to go, go all, all in. Yeah. All, all in when... Uh... Okay, sorry about, about that, guys. Got interrupted by a brand new baby my neighbor just, uh, just uh, brought, brought it home, so... The Thames Valley Valley yeah. Hospital, okay. the Children's Center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Thames Valley Children's Center. When you first first started doing a, doing a, uh, puppets, you just uh, you just got 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 the bug before it. I, I think the bug was just even more. You know, I never had a chance before that to really pursue that side of me, and so to to have that option was was amazing. And uh, yeah, to bring inanimate objects to life, it just became an even stronger love when I could actually have a puppet that had a mouth that moved, that I could make them talk, that, and that I could make them move. I still prefer to this day soft-bodied puppets, which is hard because soft-bodied puppets will wear out. They're supposed to wear out in about four years. I make mine last about 13 years with extreme care. But the, the thing is, I, I have to buy new puppets much more than somebody, say, with a wood puppet or uh, a latex puppet. But I just, I find I can make them come even more alive when they're soft. They can move in better ways. Yeah, a wooden honest. puppet creeps me out, and I'm a ventriloquist <laughs> yeah. yeah um <laughs> I, I i think wooden puppets creep a lot of people out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um maybe the recent movies aren't 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 helping so much yeah either. No, no no yeah and i find the string on the back using a string on the back to open their mouth instead of actually having your hand in there when your hand is in there you are an integral part of that puppet when you're just pulling a string it's like you're operating a device so I don't like that as much either. I like to be a complete part of my puppet and them a part of me. Because with your hand, you can you can 
more e more you can emote more more yes. more emotion with yes with, with you can even make then. faces and things using your hand yeah. yeah and just having my hand right up inside the puppet means that I'm an integral part of that puppet you know it's it's kind of a psychological thing as well as a as a visual thing it just it works better for me okay yeah you started out as a a a volunteer yeah and how did you you start getting doing shows yeah, that, believe it or not, took until I was in my, what, what is what, 2003. It was in my 40s, uh, probably early 40s, before I started doing actual shows. And most of it was because I spent a lot of my life healing from, from said terrible childhood. I think I didn't really want to do my own shows until I was healed, until I could come in and do my craft completely in my own soul. So on one side, I feel like I wasted a lot of years, but on the other side, I know that I was I was absolutely ready and absolutely right to do it when I started doing it. And it doesn't matter when you start doing what you love to do, as long as you start doing what you love to do. And just one year, I knew it was time. And I just started writing my scripts and um, and getting buying puppets to, to do my shows with. And, and then it just took off from there. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I switched. I stopped working at Thames Valley Children's Center at that point, volunteering because trying to memorize their scripts and my scripts became a nightmare because I right now I have 45 scripts. So if I was remembering their five or six scripts on top of that, even though it doesn't seem much, it's a lot for a brain to handle. So I kind of went, okay, I have to stop doing that. Yeah. And that's when I started volunteering at Children's Hospital instead. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Children's, the children t Children's Hospital, hospital it is in uh london london yes. on on ontario a big of a yeah. course we uh uh we well we both are yeah we're both from uh, from uh, from uh, london yeah. and uh just how 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 did you start getting in more involved with uh, them well the, the strange thing was when i started to write my scripts and started to um to work on developing my first show one of the first things i thought of was that this this work these shows might be able to help cheer up children in the hospital it just it just came to me one day and now i believe it was what i was born to do i think i love all of my shows but the the work that i get paid nothing for turns out to me it's it's the most important work that i do but at the time it was literally just an an like this this being in my brain like i should do this so i called them and i said would you like me to come in and do i've got one show already that i've already written would you like me to come in and perform for the kids? And they said, that would be awesome. So in the beginning, the first uh, few months, I took up all of my gear. So I would literally carry all my gear across the walkway and up six floors. <laughs> and it was kind of a nightmare getting in there. And then they would do it in the children's playroom and they would wheel in the even beds and the, all the, the, the wheelchairs and the or children would come in with the IV poles. All, they would stack like 15 to 20 kids in the room and I'd do the show. And it was wonderful. And I love doing it right from the start. The thing that, that something weird happened, though, when I was doing those shows was right at the end of every show, I would take a puppet and go right around the room and talk to each child one-on-one. -on -one. For me, it was just a, an important time to let the children talk with one of the puppets to, to, to take their mind off whatever they were going through. And what we quickly discovered was that that talking one-on-one -on -one with the kids was doing therapeutic work. You know, they'd call me and say, oh, this, this child is, is trying harder to walk. This child is eating again. This child won't stop talking about their puppet. You know, they, it just, it was making a huge therapeutic difference. And none of us expected that. So after a few times of doing this, they said, could you ditch the show and just work with the kids? Because then you'd have more time to work one-on-one -on -one with each child. And I said, let me think, not carrying up gear six floors. Yes, that would be fine with me. <laughs> yeah. So I, now I just take in a puppet. 
yeah. and, uh, and, and work with the kids one-on-one -on -one in their rooms and occasionally in the playroom with groups of kids if they've got a lot of kids and they, uh, and they want uh, somebody to come in and work you know, in the playroom with them. But for the most part, I'm in the kids' rooms working one-on-one -on -one with them. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the uh, uh, puppets, though, I, 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 I've always wondered, how many do you, do you actually have? It's kind of sick now. I'm probably a puppet hoarder at this point. I've um, literally got 46, 47. You're talking to a guy who's been collecting toys for... Oh, yes! You get for it. For many, many years. Yes! Um, you get it. Yeah, I have... Um, just in my living room alone, I have it all covered in Funko Pops. Plus, yeah. my... Yeah, I I have too many toys, so I yeah. I, I get it. You, you get it when you're yeah. passionate about something. For me, it's it's when I see a puppet that has real character and who speaks mm -hmm. to me immediately, which almost all of them do. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll literally meet a dead puppet, one that I just I don't have any interest in bringing him to life. I know it sounds weird, but usually when I meet a puppet for the first time, I know who they are. I know what their mm -hmm. voice is like immediately. I know their character immediately. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And something funny actually happened this morning. Um, my display case upstairs is so jam-packed of toys. I um, I have the new Luke's old Luke Skywalker figure. Yeah. I just I just picked it up, and the guy fell off fell off the display case, and you know how he's missing the one hand, right? Yes. Yeah, his hand popped off. No, that's <laughs> hilarious. And it's the mechanical hand that. That, that is pops up, absolutely so. hilarious. And as soon as it happened this morning, I'm like, Sue's going to find this funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a message from the Star Wars gods. It's, yeah. <laughs> or I didn't put the stand on. Yeah, Probably one of the two. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It is really funny coincidence, though. Yeah. Now, getting getting a little bit away from the vol vol volunteer stuff, have, have you ever done stand-up shows? Have you ever done... Um, I know you have a, a a website, and we'll get to all that all that all that stuff uh, later. I'm just wondering. Um, I'm just wondering about uh, how did you go from a volunteer to actually performing shows? Yeah. Shows? Did you? I think it's I've always been meant to do it. It's weird when I started writing my scripts, I'd get these this feeling that there was going to be a huge huge volume of material that I would have this huge volume of material in a few years and a huge volume of songs I kept getting that feeling even though I was writing my very first scripts and it turned out it was right I have a huge volume of, because I like performing for adults teenagers children babies seniors all age groups usually an entertainer will pick one age group and I love performing for them all because they all have their own joy to perform for. So literally, I write scripts for everybody, which means I have an enormous body of work, which is hard to keep up. And um, when it comes to stand-up, um, what I do is stand-up in a very real way. I've, I've often wanted to go to um, Second City and stuff like that and do, do the, um, the uh, amateur nights there just mm. for the sheer fun of it. I just literally haven't had the time to do it, but that is still on my list to do. But... Um, yeah, most of what I do is comedy. I do do um, um, some shows like I have a literacy program, I have a teasing and bullying program. But for me, the arts is meant to take us to another world. It's meant to help us to leave this plane and 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 see the world on a better scale. It's hard to put into words, but that's why I write mostly comedy because I think it, comedy breeds joy. Joy breeds hope. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. 
Well, I well I know you were talking about going going to Second City and checking checking all all yes. all, all that stuff out the yeah. last time I well I well I saw you guys. Me and Sue no longer work together, but which we still sucks. Kind of yes, which but, sucks. Yeah, uh, because yeah. she's she's kind of taken three three months off. Three months. Yeah, because of uh, just because <laughs> foot surgery. There we go. Really fun stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least it wasn't hand surgery, you know. I yeah. wouldn't be able to do the puppets for that long, so. Yeah, and there we go. Ow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should, should probably get that uh, looked seemed at, to. at, uh, mm-hmm. at, at It sounds some point. painful. Yeah. yeah, it just always cracking. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the uh, what was the uh, biggest show do I date? Oh, I think probably the biggest one was I did uh, 3,000 people in Sarnia, I think on a Canada Day weekend. And that was really fun. And I've got to admit that I was a little intimidated by the 3,000 people because that was the biggest crowd I'd done yet. But I find once I start performing, I just forget all that. Yeah, due to, um, honestly, when I was doing the guitar, the guitar thing more and performing yeah. in front of uh, people, the bigger the crowds, the easier it is. Yes. Just because you can't. There's not the the direct yeah. link, the eye the eye contact. Yeah, which I kind of missed. Yeah, that's why I prefer to do. You know, most entertainers are like give me the biggest stadiums. You know, they want to be famous. They want to do the biggest thing. I don't want to be famous. When you when you're famous, you are shoved into a cubby hole. You are people expect a certain type of art from you, and mm-hmm. if you try to change from that, they they give you grief over it. Also, you don't have that connection with the audience. I much prefer doing an audience of say fifteen to four hundred, five hundred people someplace in there you know I prefer that I'll still do the bigger shows when I'm when they need me if I feel it's a good cause but but I much prefer having that connection with my audience and and making that difference in their lives you I don't think you can do that as much with that big an audience no because (laughs) uh when I walked out the first time I would just kind of take that half second look out and be like I, I can't see faces. This is it's weird. a wall of people. Just <laughs> yeah. a wall of people. And it was yeah. still fun. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't my favorite kind of show. No. Definitely not. No. Yeah. How, what is it like working working with other enter, entertainers? Like on a variety show? Yeah, variety show. It, it is not fun. I don't do it. I literally don't do it anymore. I think I would do it if it was for a really good cause. Um, that was maybe a charity supporting a charity of some sort. But even then, I would think long and hard about it. The weird thing is that entertainers don't treat each other well. And you'd think in a, in a smaller town like London that that would be different. But what I find, for the most part, is that when I do meet another entertainer, they literally brush me off. <laughs> they literally, like when I performed at Storybrooke Gardens, I can tell you one story in particular. I performed, came off the stage, and took my gear back to my car and another car was pulling up with the next entertainers coming out I I had no clue what they did because they wouldn't even talk to me and I said I said hey how are you doing and they said what are you here for and I was literally like that and I said um I just did a show you'll love the audience they're a great audience and they said well what do you do and I said I'm a ventriloquist oh and then they just like brush past me with their gear and I'm like, have a nice day. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm like the giant puppy of ventriloquists, of, of entertainers. I just, I've never been able to understand it. And that's happened at literally every show that I, and I've only done a few because I won't do it. I avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that in my life. And to me, entertainers should be supporting each other and be each other's biggest cheerleaders. Like there's almost like an insecurity. Yeah. And I find that if if there's an entertainer that doesn't have a strong skill set, they're often more cold 
than say an entertainer who has got a strong skill set, who knows what they're doing, who is confident in themselves. But even them, I find they just, it's, there's this insecurity. There's like, I don't want to think that there's other entertainers around, which is just kind of nuts. Yeah. Because it's not uh, the truth. Yeah, because artists, um, artists, no matter what they are, are always um, kind of insecure, insecure people who are always expecting better from them than themselves. Just people that yes. I've that I think I've, you're right. I've I've met. Yeah. And I've talked to. I'm talking wrestlers, musicians. Yeah. Um, lots of other people who I've met and met over over time trying to get them on the podcast but some of the biggest toughest meanest guys i've met are kind of kind of insecure insecure about it yeah i've never understood i really haven't and i think it's i honestly believe that a lot of artists don't regard themselves as artists anymore they regard themselves only as entertainers so then all these other issues come into play when when you realize that you're doing your craft Nothing else matters but doing your craft and respecting each other's craft. It's it's a very different thing. So, again, it's kind of a mindset thing, you know. And for me, it's always been that way. Like, people will say, why do you still waitress when you're doing shows? Well, A, I love waitressing, and the staff there are kind of like the extended family that, that is hard for me to have <laughs> with my family. But also, I, I find that it gives me, like, a different thing. It's a purely physical thing yeah. when ventriloquism is a purely head thing. So I can get a standing ovation from an adult audience in the afternoon, go to a waitress for a few hours in the evening, and clean a bathroom. It keeps me very humble. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no problem. It also enables me to do less price shows for, for groups that can't afford um, the full price and even the occasional free show for, say, a group of, with, of d- people with disabilities. And a lot of entertainers will not do that at all. They feel that we should be paid for just like a plumber is paid, just like a doctor is paid, we should be paid for our work. And I have kind of a different mindset about that. I see their point. But at mm-hmm. the t- same time, I do not think the arts can be compared to anything else. To me, we're given a gift, and we're, we're meant to give that gift. And I know, especially from Children's Hospital, the difference that gift can make in people's lives. It's enormous. So if you're only performing for people who can afford your show, you're literally only performing for one higher-income group of people and groups with, with a higher income. You're leaving out the people who need it the most. Yeah. So waitressing a few nights a week also gives me that freedom to do that without having to think, oh, God, I've got two less price shows this week. I can't do that. It gives me the freedom to do my craft in the way that I think it should be done. Yeah, because um, well, as I have known you known you for a while a while now, uh, volu- volunteerism is uh, is a huge part of of your life. You try to make other other people's lives a little bit a little bit a little bit better, a little bit easier yeah. to easier to do because you've you've told me stories that you've interacted with people for years and years and you become friends with um the sickest of the sick oh uh, yeah i work with children you gotta understand i work with children sometimes for six or more years one the longest child i've worked with i'm still working with her and she's an adult now and i started working with her when she was five and a half she's very special in my heart you know but i work with children for six to seven years sometimes eight years you know, there'll be children that I work with once and I never see them again. But for the most part, I'm working with kids that I will see again, that who are in the hospital either long term or they're in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. So they they need that constancy. They need something in their life. Yeah, and, and it's amazing how close um, I get to them just doing this work, because I think I think the puppets 
kind of help them to uh, remember who they are, despite all the pain, the, everything they're going through. It, it helps them to remember that they're a human soul. They're not just this illness or this injury, you know, and same with the parents. Yeah, because kids need to be kids. They absolutely do. And I got, I got four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of understand. I've been, I've been there blessed and they're yeah. all, they're all healthy. Yes. Mostly happy and the um, yeah. less than they're not um, <laughs> <laughs> which is normal yeah <laughs> yeah they have uh there's four four siblings so there's always somebody fighting oh but, always yeah. yeah it's normal it drives you crazy but it's not we only had two and they they argued right up until they were 18 and yet they they would defend when we we'd, we'd help one of them the other one would defend him after arguing with them for three hours it was kind of hilarious <laughs> but when my oldest turned 18 all of a sudden he stopped responding to all the jibes from the younger one Mm -hmm. And we said to him one day, like, that's so cool. How are you? What are you doing? He said, I'm 18 now. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> it's just, it's not right. <laughs> so Devin kept jiving him for another three years. And then when Devin turned 18, it all stopped. So if it's any help, they, they, they mature right past that. If you've done it right, if you've yeah. taught them respect and, and, and everything that they are, they're really, really good friends now. They, they never argue ever as adults. They, they just, they support each other. Yeah. So that's it's kind of cool. That's good. But, I mean, they argued in Walt Disney World, so, yeah, they're going to argue. <laughs> We're like, really? Walt Disney World? You're going to argue it? Yeah. I'll be, we'll be, we'll be taking them, taking them there at some point. Awesome. We're working on saving up, but then, uh, yeah. just got a new van, new winter tires. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and poor kids, I, I feel your pain. We couldn't do it till our house was paid off. We didn't do it till they were in their teen years, if that's right. any help. Yeah. And uh, yes, in Canada, you have to have winter at winter winter yes. tires, guys. Yep, <laughs> it's uh, one of those things. I keep forgetting I'm an international podcast now. Yes. Oh, did I did I tell you? I'm no. Like Ten countries now. That's amazing. I am so not surprised. Like I have a regular following in Japan. That's awesome. Japan has some of the best puppets and ventriloquists in the world, quite frankly. They really do. They also have a huge marionette family. And I love marionettes. Um, yeah. yeah, I think they're, they're cool. They're an art form in themselves. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Hi, Japan. Yeah. Um, I know about about Japanese wrestling. That's about it. And, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And sushi. And sushi. <laughs> That's really my my extent. I, I should probably learn learn a little bit more, but um, wrestling I, and sushi. Yeah, um, yeah. That's well. I'm actually gonna sub subscribe to New Japan World. Um, the one of the biggest wrestling matches was announced the other day. It was uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Kenny Omega. This is the first time a WWE guy, like a big. He's been top of WWE North American wrestling for 20 years. Is going to Japan. Oh wow! It's to play under their, under their different different banner, different style, because yeah. that's where he actually started. And <gasps> they're both Winnipeg Canadian guys. That's so cool. And they're the two of the biggest wrestlers in the entire. Is there world. is there wrestling in Japan different than here? Like uh, very different. It's a, I know there's sumo wrestlers, but yes. there's probably just. It's a very too. different style. It's, um, North American is more, uh, story-based, where uh -huh. Japanese wrestling is, uh, more taken as a serious sport. Uh -huh. It's still, there's a story, there's, there's a beginning, middle, and end, but they, it is a very serious business there. Uh -huh. It's, 
it's like bingo in Canada with the Catholics. It's a very serious, you think it's a yeah, game, um, but it's really not. Oh, I've heard yeah. stories about my grandmother at a bingo. Yeah. I volunteered Ooh. at a bingo thing one night when my kids were in school and I thought it was going to be fun. They are dead serious folks. People who play bingo are dead serious there's, about there's, their work. There's no joking. You there's sit, no joking. You, you cannot down, joke. No, you sit down beside somebody. Oh, yeah. It is not funny. They have their little... Oh, yeah. They have their little things. Oh, what's that? Don't touch it. Don't touch it. I'm like, but it's a troll. Yeah. Don't touch it. Right? I know. And you can't, like, make jokes about their trolls. They get very upset. Oh, <laughs> like, my it's, God. And it's very is, serious. Uh, like, I think it was my grandmother had her light, different lighters in a certain way. It's, <laughs> it's all it luck thing, luck based. Year, right? Yeah, years and years ago, it's just like, yeah, like my mom stopped going. <laughs> yeah, it kind of astonished just, me. I went home and Rick said, "Was it fun?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, it's, mm -mm. no, it's, nope. um, deadly it's, serious. It's very scary. And if you make uh, a mistake, they are on you. Yeah, they Ooh. will. They mob rule. Yeah, it's uh." Have you ever been bingo dabbed before? It's not a pleasant experience. No, no, um, <laughs> I haven't. Well, I used bingo dabber on the hair in my teens a few times, but that's uh, that's, that's, that's it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, where was I? <laughs> you know, I, we went off topic. Oh, always. That's kind of kind of what uh, what podcasting. Could, yes, well, I love podcasting podcasts. Is. Yeah. Have 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 you ever act, actually traveled? Uh, traveled for it or has it all always been in in like a more local on on it's ontario more local on, all ontario i have gone um beyond ontario i did shows in montreal for two weeks a couple of years back and i loved it um it's more a matter of i'm already so booked up in yeah. this area i've always wanted to try performing on cruise ships to do that i have to literally cancel shows or like make sure i don't book any shows in in pick a year don't book any shows because i don't want to cancel shows if i get gigs um, in bigger areas. So it's kind of hard. There's, there's things to it that, that you really don't think about until you're right in it, that I would literally have to take time off and, and start applying for cruise ship roles, um, without having shows booked. Otherwise I have to, you know, if I get the gig, I have to cancel like three months of shows. I will not do that. I'm, I'm really loyal to my people. So I took some time off this year when I knew the surgery was coming up because I didn't want to have to cancel shows and I didn't know when the surgery was going to be. So, mm -hmm. you know, I took some time off. I made sure. I can't picture you, picture you on a cruise ship, though. It'd be fun. <laughs> it would be really fun. More st mostly just to be on a cruise ship. And I think the, the audiences are big, but they're not enormous. Yeah, they're a room. Yeah, they're like, they're exactly. Com uh, comedy club size. So it's still the kind of show that I love to do. It would still yeah. be connecting with people on a personal basis. So I, could, I, would, I would love to do it. And Rick and I would love to travel more. If I could go around the world and travel and do my thing, that I would love to do. I'm just not sure how to do it. <laughs> yeah. wait, a, wait a few more, a few more years. Rick will, Rick will retire. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys can just go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, <laughs> Well, you did do a nice little cross 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 country trip uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. Just went, came back. Actually, two two weeks after surgery, <laughs> we took off out west. <laughs> took off to BC for a road trip. It's caused all kinds of problems with my unemployment. You, I have not received a cent yet. Not a cent because we were honest about disappearing for a month to BC, and they were like, "Well, you're on vacation, so so you could work." Well, no, I had a wheelchair and crutches. I still could not work, and yeah. my foot was up on the dashboard of the car and every time have, we got in the car. Yeah. And you have about 
I don't know, 15,000 Facebook uh, photos going. And Easily, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people at Rick's work were like, make, tell Sue, make sure she, because she, they love that. They love it when I kind of yeah. post where we're going and what we're doing. And it, it it's almost like journaling in a way. It's very much like a, like a, a video, a photo journal yeah. of the trip. I, I love doing it too. You know, like this is where we are now. This is what we experience now and a very honest, you know, yeah. about what happened today, you know, and the, oh, the trailer wheel blew. <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun. But yeah, most people can't go like make a trip like that two weeks after surgery. But I have an insanely high pain tolerance. Yeah. So it was absolutely no problem. I just had to take extremely good care of it. Yeah. Which I did. And, and who's going to turn down a cross-country cross, cross, cross country vac yeah. vac vacation just because of a... Piddly um, foot. Yeah, a foot. Yeah. A foot. That's the way I looked at it, too. And it was our chance to do it again. For us to get a full month off normally is really hard between shows and work and Rick's work. But because I already had shows and work off, mm -hmm. we realized, we suddenly realized this is the chance. We have to do it now. You know? So we did. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been doing uh, doing uh, yoga, yoga lately. I'm all stiff. What about yogurt? Is that the same thing? Or is that um, different? Well... Or can you do yoga... While you're eating yogurt, no, no, because the dog would probably eat it. Oh yeah, yeah, Bella point, yeah. Yeah, I see. Told you. <laughs> Does he do yoga with you? There's all kinds of pictures um, on the web of dogs doing yoga with their owners. Yeah, no, no. You're just not living up um, to your potential. My dog's a husky. Yeah. Just walking hers, <laughs> her is difficult because she's so used with her bread to pull. Yes. So I can walk her. My wife can't. Yep. yep. Because she might only be 65 pounds, but she's 65 pounds of solid muscle. They're powerful. Yeah, my grandpuppy's yeah. the same way. He's He's got these enormous shoulders, and he's the sweetest dog on the planet. But, yeah, when you take mm -hmm. him for a walk, literally you're pulled down the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, she's it's getting better dog. better with me, but yeah. uh, we're trying to take her on uh, hikes, hikes more late, lately. Good idea. And that is terrible. Oh, bad idea. Oh, just when it's just me by myself, but with the wife and the kids, and yeah. she's pulled six or seven different ways at the same time, and it's just like it's not working. Not so much, not but so much. we got to keep it. We we got to keep it trying. Yeah. yeah, that's the way you train them is just constantly working on them, right? Yeah. I train my puppets the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, 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 puppets, Sue actually actually brought uh, Grandpa. I, I, I did bring a puppet. I don't know whether you want to see him. <laughs> it's dangerous to see him. Come here, buddy. Come on. Okay. You want to come out? You're sleeping, aren't you? Nope. Here comes dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. doggy. Back off, doggy. It's okay, Grandpa. You're good. You're good. Hey, who the hell are you? Hi. Okay, okay, that was rude. Not rude. Very, very rude. I apologize. Thank Please you. tell me who the hell are you? Uh, See, that's not much better. No. <laughs> that's Justin. Just in time? Just in I... case? You're being rude. <laughs> I'm not being rude. Where the hell are we? Are we in somebody else's house? Kind of. Have I been moved into a home? No, but you should be. What's that? Don't yell into that. What's that? Don't yell into that. <laughs> now he's going to have to fix all the audio levels. For God's sake, behave. I'm sorry. No, you're not, are you? Nope. Not even close. Hi, puppy. Hi, puppy. Oh, nice puppy. Hi, puppy. Can I ride your dog? 
Well, you, you probably can. Actually, you, technically you can. Nice puppy. She's so confused. Luna's like, I don't understand. <laughs> nice puppy. I'm going to go back to lying down now. Well, you're not, you're not all that. I like your dog. Oh, well, well. It's a well, nice dog. Oh. Want me to sing you a song? No, 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 no. It's a nice song. Oh, okay. About boobies. It's a song about boobies. A song about boobies? Okay. Yeah, okay, but one song about boobies and then you're out of here. Fine. <clears throat> Thanks for the memories of boobies I can't forget. Big chested woman, all you bet. A nudist camp I'll never forget. Lovely busty ladies I have met. Oh, thanks for the memories, ladies. <laughs> Dude, that is not how that song goes. Yep, it is. No, no, it really isn't. Say goodbye to Justin. I'm going. You are so going. Say goodbye. Fine. Bye, Justin. Nice to meet you. Shake hands. Bye. <laughs> you got a weak hand clasp. Do it again. Oh, yeah. Put some, put some stuff behind it. <laughs> really? You're two feet tall and you're complaining about his handshake? Say goodbye. Fine. Bye. Adios, amigos. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. That's it. You're out of here. Let's go. You're on the table. There. You'll find once I take my hand out, it's really quiet. Oh, yeah. Really, really quiet. Dear buddy. Dear buddy. Hi, doggy. We're play playing with the doggy now. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's so confused. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what is that, Daddy? You know, she's upset. Now she's climbing me. I don't know what's going on. <gasps> it's okay, Luna. Yeah. I know. I know. What was that? She said, that was weird. Yeah. That thing that I usually would bite was talking to me. Yes. <laughs> is, is it a chew toy? No. Much yeah. as Grandpa drives me nuts, it's not a chew toy. Yeah, definitely not. Nope. Okay. There you go, sweetie. You're okay now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rescue dog. You never know what will... Uh, yeah. What will, what will, Actually, she what handled will, them pretty well. Up. Yeah. A lot of dogs are just completely and utterly freaked out. Um, she hangs out with kids. Good point. She's yeah. used to things talking when they shouldn't and yeah. playing toys and electronic things. Yep. Hi, sweetheart. A lot of uh, yeah. a lot of trans tra transformers lately. Well, lately, that's the uh, that's the uh, uh, ah. that's the big thing. Big thing with the boys and ah. uh, with the girls, it's Shopkins, Lee. Shopkins and dolls. Shopkins and dolls. I was with yes. our little sister on Saturday in Windsor, and she was showing me in uh, in a store. She said, "Sue, look at this. You're never going to believe how much this doll costs." And I, there's this like American Girl doll that was. Yep. I think like close to a hundred dollars. It was yeah. kind of insane. Yeah, it's like um, if you remember the cabbage patch from the yes. 80s, and those were the number one thing. Everybody wanted them. Everybody uh. wanted to have them, and I remember they were priced at like thirty or forty bucks in the eighties. And my parents were like, "Nope, not <laughs> happening." Yeah. Nope. Mm -mm. So American Girls kind of like that is. Like, yeah. You're paying for the name more than anything else, Pretty aren't much. you? Yeah, uh, my shocked. girls have a couple like like that. They're not the American girl. They're the life life journey girls from huh. Walmart. Sounds very it's mystical. Exactly the, the same. Life journey girls. Yes, I think that's what they're called. I'm not really sure. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. They obviously know what they're doing and where they're going when they're life journey dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are dolls with ambition. Yes, and you can put them in Wonder Woman costumes. There's so many little costumes that they've, they've oh. made, made made for these things that uh, 
my little ghosts have wardrobes for their dolls. They're more extensive than their own. Yeah. yeah. It's yep. fun when you're a girl. What? Yep, the, the puppet really freaked her out. Freaked her out. She's like, <laughs> can I go outside now? Because, like, that thing's still in here. Yeah. If, if anybody wanted to, to get a hold of you for a show, how would they... Uh, how would they uh, uh, do that? There's various different ways. They can. I have a ventriloquist Sue Van Dynhoven site on Facebook. Um, my phone number is 519-434-9325. And my website is, is www.ventriloquistsue.com. So any of those means will get you there. You can inbox me or post on my Facebook site. Any of those ways works. Perfect. I'm not. I'm slowly starting to do shows again. My foot's almost ready. I'm back in Children's Hospital next week, which I'm so excited for, and uh, hopefully I can start doing my shows soon, very soon. That's so, awesome. I have to wait till I can carry the gear, basically. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, well, or just bring uh, Rick as a, a roadie. Yeah. Yeah. Except that he's you know works too. <laughs> yeah, I know the whole working thing. I know. I I need a roadie. Desperately need a roadie. Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have Michaela as my roadie. I'll make her do it. Uh, oh, yeah. She, because if, if you ask her, she's not going to say no. No, because she's the sweetest, <laughs> sweetest human being. I miss her. I cannot wait to work with her again. Yeah. yeah I think next Monday I'm, I'm on with her. Pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. She may act, actually listen to, to, to this, uh, this, this one. Yeah. We should probably pick on her. Only yeah. I can't because she's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for uh, for uh, coming on. You're welcome. And it's been it's been it's been fun. It's really been interesting. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I am here again with uh, Tom for 10, 10 minutes with uh, with Tom, and we're just gonna gonna run down the. Oh my God, he has a, a duotang full of full of uh, wrestling notes this uh, this week uh, for us. We're gonna because... try and talk fast. It's a hot. It's it's mania season, baby. It's the hot time for wrestling, right? It's also winter, so it's always the hot time because ain't nothing to do outside. Yep. Especially to what what are they when there's an inch or two of water covering everything? It's gross out there. Yeah, terrible. Okay. All right. Um, I want to talk about the hot topic that's going around. One of them anyway. Uh, Jeff Jarrett going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, that is nuts, man. Uh, that is something I have never thought I would hear. Just another one of those never say nevers, though. But yep. uh, I heard a lot of smack talk on the internet. Facebook, so I'm going to crush that with people saying Jeff Jarrett's not deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to run it down for a good old double J. 23 major titles. Four-time WCW champion. Three-time United States champion. One-time AAA mega champion. One-time CWA Memphis heavyweight champion. Six-time WWE intercontinental champion. European champion. And tag team champion with 
late great Owen Hart. Uh, also, probably the only person who can say he was a member of the Four Horsemen, the Bullet Club, and the NWO. Yeah. Also, TNA and now WWE Hall of Fame. 1992 Feud of the Year, him and Jerry Lawler versus the Moondog was voted Feud of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer magazines. So anybody who's a big history of or big student of the game knows those were the magazines back in the day before the internet. Mm -hmm. And 1986 AWA Rookie of the Year. And didn't he also bring back the NWA title to WWE for a little, little while there? No, uh, he was, oh sorry, I also forgot off the list, six-time NWA heavyweight champion in TNA and the founder of TNA Wrestling. I think he is very, very deserving because, yeah, he didn't win the big title in WWE, but come on. <laughs> come on! <laughs> That's not even everything. That's the major titles. He has like 20 or so minor one like USWA he's like a three-time USWA heavyweight champion like it just he was uh even way back AWA Southside or Southern Tag Team Champions like he was in Memphis wrestling he was in pretty much everything you possibly could in the past 20 some 20 something uh, years yeah oh so our founder of TNA wrestling and Global Force wrestling yeah (laughs) like which it's and it just like and he's from a family dynasty. Yes, also second generation promoter. Uh, his father Jerry Jarrett is still to this day runs CWA Memphis. So and didn't uh, wasn't his was he the one whose grandmother was actually a promoter way back when? No, <laughs> no. But I'm thinking about thinking about somebody else then. Uh, my views. Ah, yeah, yeah. Rocky. Yep. Yeah, I think in the all Hawaiian territory. Yes. Territories. See, this is why why I bring Tom over. He corrects me. Yes. Um, also, <laughs> speaking of correcting you, I kind of have to give you shit for you and Matt Cash. Uh, talk about Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania three or four. I know it was number six. There I you go. Didn't, yeah. I didn't didn't want to. And uh, you see Brown's nickname list. You got Vanilla Gorilla and Bone Crusher, but you forgot World Brown, Steve Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in light of the fact that I get beat up by Steve a lot, I need to suck up to Steve a little bit here, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so he'll stop hurting me. <laughs> Although, Steve kind of whines that I kick him too hard, so I'm sorry, Steve, I had to say that. <laughs> yeah. Now he's going to chokeslam the shit out of me twice as hard. <laughs> Last time I think I almost went through the friggin' mat, but... You wait till that one comes up on YouTube. You're gonna go holy. I think actually no, that is up on YouTube. CWO, uh, Twelve Days of Christmas Gauntlet. Yeah, you want to see me take the biggest choke slam in the history of the rock pile? There it is. Well, your jump is getting higher and higher every time I or, or I see a training doing the leapfrog over 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 Sarge. Yes, I'm uh, always training like every week, usually a couple times. That's what you gotta do. Like, yeah, no, it just I finally started following Sarge on 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 Instagram. I think. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, he's he's in, and and he's he he likes to kill you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be having a note. I'm gonna touch on that in our hey, let, in let, rundown. Let's go, gonna, let's go back oh, here. Back geez. here to it. It is, of course. Uh, 
the big hot wrestling season, so we got a lot. Um, we already covered February, so go back and listen to that show. Yep. <laughs> it's worth listening to twice. Saturday, March 3rd, Barry Wrestling, Wrestling for Cardiology, up in Ferris Lane Church in Barry. MCW, up in Brantford, the Bobby Heenan Memorial Ham and Egger Classic. And then BCW, March Breakdown, out in Windsor at St. Clair College. And then going all the way up to Ottawa, we got World's End coming at us from Acclaim Pro Wrestling. Uh, still busy weekend, Sunday, March 4th. Going to be an interesting big show there, the Impact Live Roadshow. Uh, also presented in conjunction with BCW and Destiny Wrestling. Going to be at the Battle Arts Academy in Toronto, so it should be interesting uh, big names, Alberto Albatron, Congo Kong, Moose, Ali, of course. Uh, good show. Jumping ahead, Friday, March 9th, uh, SCAM Promotions, once again, our good friends, bringing Live Pro Wrestling 3 to the Hagersville Community Center. So, you know there's not a lot of wrestling action going on up there, so you definitely want to check that out if you're there. Uh, Saturday, March 10th, we're going to talk about Sarge and the Cadet. Sar <laughs> Cadets had about enough of uh, Sarge kicking his ass in practice. So March 10th at the Wish Center in Chatham, Classic Championship Wrestling, Sarge and Cadet are going to settle in the ring because I had enough of this cheap shot shit. <laughs> you know, it's one thing doing a move to me, but like kick me in the head after. That's We'll see what's going to happen, Sarge. We'll see what's going to happen. Also uh, scheduled to appear, of course, the champion, Todd Law Shaw, Rob Rage, Coney Dieter, Moondog Buddy. Those guys are always a good time. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Uh, $20 VIP and $10 general admission in advance. $15 at the door. So get your tickets early. Save a few bucks. If you need tickets, hit me up. <laughs> uh, and of course, the next day, it's a packed weekend. Saturday, March 11th. we got Double Shot Show. Uh, NSW presents hit, sorry, Hammer at Home. And then Alpha One's Maximum Effort in the Afternoon. Both of those events taking place at the Knights of Columbus Hall in Hamilton. So, get away from this miserable weather and get inside for a packed double shot. Um, NSW's main event going to be NSW champion Josh Alexander defending number one contender, the British brawler Ad Hutchinson. Uh, this match was supposed to go on last show, but Ad got injured, so it had to be postponed. So, now these two are finally going to do it, and... Man, that is going to be rugged. And in the afternoon, there's a lot of other good matches, but I just felt we would both enjoy plugging this one. Space Monkey versus Steve Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be interesting as all hell. Uh, yeah, I, next weekend. Sorry, I I don't know why, but I love Space Monkey. I, everybody loves Space Monkey's great. Everybody loves Space Monkey. You see this guy, and it just it's insane. It's just what... He is what pro wrestling's about. Just going absolutely crazy and just loving the loving the uh, loving the uh, gimmick. See, I told you you want to plug that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> you um, you know me very well. That's right. <laughs> um, jumping ahead next weekend, Friday, March sixteenth, Superkick returns with the next episode at the Great Hall in Toronto. Superkick is always a rocking party environment. If you want to do that. Uh, Keep in mind, it is a uh, standing room only scenario, but it is a very rock and party environment. If you're down for that type of wrestling, fast-paced action, always a great show. Saturday, March 17th, PWA returns to the Alpine Club in Kitchener. 
PWA always puts on a great family-friendly show. Jumping all the way up to Vanier, Ontario, up by Ottawa. Oh, wow. um, C4 brings The Departed. Uh, main event, Josh Alexander versus Teddy Hart. Boom. Yeah, right? What else do you need to say? There's a ton of other great matches, but that's all we got time to hawk. Yep. <laughs> Sunday, March 18th. Paw Patrol Live, Great Pirates Adventure, Sony Perform... Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Crossfire Wrestling, March Meltdown, St. Catharines, Meriton Community Center. Uh, big match, Big Bald and Bad... Sorry, Big Bad and Bald versus the Dirty Vets for the Tag Team Championships. And then the show you want to be at, of course, on Sunday, March 18th, is CWO St. Daddy... St. Patty's Day Brawl 2. Uh, this is also the one-year anniversary show for CWO. So, all the haters, we made it a whole year, all right? <laughs> Suck it. <Yep. laughs> uh, the championship tournament is going to continue. Uh, we're going to get down to the semifinals, the final rounds. We got Bone Crusher Steve Brown, Tomer Shalom, Young Miles, and Mike DeRossi left. So, oh, wow. one of those four highly talented and badass individuals will be the first ever CWO champion. And, of course, we're going to have that all-star of the cadet in uh, pre-show action against uh, Hamilton Pro Wrestling superstar, up-and-comer, kind of a douche, though, Corey Stone. <laughs> uh, he's pretty good, so we're going to lock it up. Definitely going to be a good match for that VIP pre-show, so definitely want to be there. And there's going to be some tag titles coming this summer to CWO as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... Geez, we're drawn to the end of March now. Pro Wrestling Ontario Iron out in Burlington Lions Club uh, presents Untouchable. This will be their second show. Um, doing a lot of different things there, but uh, one of their big matches is going to be the champion, Iron Cup champion, Matthew Grant, defending against Brett Michael David. So two young all-stars there. And uh, the debut of their trios division. So a uh, six-man yep. division. That should be definitely interesting and different. And then March 25th, Smash, Everything Under the Sky, the Phoenix Concert Center in Toronto. A couple of big matches going down, Vanessa Craven versus Alexi Nicole. That is going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to, I don't know if I envy Alexi at all there. Um, She's going to get tossed like a lawn dart. Yeah, Vanessa Craven is a mountain of a woman and fucks people up, male, female, and I think, bears i think i think she can actually throw throw small humans as lawn darts so i think she can throw large humans as lawn darts <laughs> i've seen it dude she's a scary lady and then uh john greed versus kevin bennett that's gonna I, be a good time i am so happy greed's greed's back greed is good yep greed is very good <sighs> uh also uh demand lucha presents lucha palooza 19 plus show at lee's palace Josh Alexander versus Carter Mason. That is gonna be that's gonna be epic. That's two fantastic wrestlers are going to going to kill it. Oh yeah. Um and then the debut of the new director on demand is gonna be Joel Gertner. So big things coming Lucha on Lucha on de, demand Lucha, formerly Lucha Tio. Expanding, doing bigger things, not just Toronto anymore. And we're going to plug all the way out. BC, PWA does have a BC branch still. And they're doing their annual round robin challenge. PWA Cup up for grabs. 
thousand dollars in a master choice in their April big April show. And that's out Campbell River BC, the PWA Academy. And then jumping to the end of March, like we're literally going to the last two days of March. So packed. Uh, once again, PWA BC continuing at the Round Robin Challenge, still at the PWA Academy, Campbell River, BC. And then Saturday, March 31st, Smash River City Revenge returns to the Sarnia Music Hall. Uh, big time match of well-oiled machines versus Team the Tabernacle. <laughs> so you know those guys are going to get wild. Tabernacle's always, always, always fun and... Uh... Uh, well, the Oiled Machines are probably my my boys' favorite favorite tag team right now. So, so big things coming on the horizon. Not to mention, of course, WrestleMania always in April. But oh, yeah. we will talk about the April stuff going down next show. Yep. Always tune in to the next edition of Gilmy Talks. Exactly. And I just wanna wanna drop something right now. Um, it hasn't been officially announced yet. But I, I do want to announce it now. I am sponsoring an event in in May. I would love would love to love love to sponsor uh, private parts here, but um, <laughs> that guy's a dick, man. <laughs> but um, everybody hates that guy. I hate oh, that guy. Yeah. One day we're gonna lock it up. Cadet versus private parts. Book that, somebody. I would pay money to see just that that uh, that that match. <laughs> and then we'll get that other Morton guy to ref it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it'll be <laughs> that'll be an epic match. Uh, or it'll be just be a whole crowd of very confused people. But um, <laughs> the event I am talking about and. There's a show coming up in May at uh, the Jet Hall in Hamilton. Is it Chris? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Christopher the Jet Banquet Hall. Hall. Christopher Banquet Hall. I fuck up that name. 880 every Barton time. Street in Hamilton. Thank you. They like to change their name a lot, but it is 880 Barton Street in Hamilton. Yep. So there's the address, guys. It's a show called, I think it's called Give Us Your Your Hashtag Give Us Your Money. There we go. See, this is why, why, why I bring Tom on. I, I screw things up a lot, as you guys know. Investigative but, podcast journalism is my specialty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have many specialties. Yeah. And so, Gilmy Talks will be sponsoring a show. Right now, I have no idea what my what anything is or what's going on with that. It just... Um, I am raising funds for this show. It's a show raising raising money for Shawnee Moe's daughter's college fund due to the fact that Shawnee Moe has, well, as most of my listeners know, he he had uh, a brain brain tumor re- removed, and he just wants to wants to make sure that his logo is taken 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 care of. So it's a rough scenario. So yeah, definitely. Help out as much as you can, and uh, we'll talk on our April show. There's a couple chances in April and May to help out with that cause, specifically yep. the chop the ref. It's gonna oh, be yeah. my favorite. My yep. brother's personally having his bankrolls to <laughs> chop the shit out of poor Rob Gosling. And I really want to staple something to Matt Cash. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a terrible, terrible person. But I'm going to staple money to Matt Cash, and I don't know why I'm so looking forward forward to, forward to doing that. There's something definitely wrong wrong there with 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 me there, but 
I can't judge you. I stapled money to Chad's face and ass. It's on the DVD. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but trying to keep it as light as possible. I promise, guys, you get in contact with me, get in contact with Tom. I'm pointing at the computer. I don't know why, because it's a podcast and you can't see me see me doing this. But we're um, that into it. Yeah, just this is something as 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 a father. I think it's a great uh, great cause because that's one of my greatest fears: not being around for for my kids eventually if you do want to donate get a hold of me uh facebook justin m gilmet g-u-i-l-m-e-t-t-e at gmail.com or if you just want to get in contact about or about about anything just contact me get a hold of it tom i the i post his his facebook thing at least couple times a a month you can you you can go go back and back and definitely find it but thanks for 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 listening guys and i will talk to and i will talk to you guys you guys later thanks So you heard the big, big announcement. Gyomi Talks is sponsoring its first event of any kind, and it is an event that is actually very. Um, it just touches touches my heart that he wants to do this for his his uh, his little girl. Um, all you gotta do is look up the Death Brew Fight Club page and. The entire story is on, on, on there. You can see the videos, you can see the links, you can, and everything's there. If you want to get in, in contact with with me to make a donation, everything's going going to the to the cards, guys. I'm, and I just want to say thank you very much to Sue for coming on. I want to say thanks for for, for Tom for doing all the. Uh, the indie wrestling research he does because it is actually a lot a lot he puts a lot of work into talking with Tom way way more than 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 I I probably do for most of it, most things but just end end the winter feeling kind of kind of lazy I can't wait wait for spring spring to come and just all oh, the flooding all all around I hope everybody staying staying safe here guys and a don't don't be stupid. Avoid those rivers. Avoid the river banks. If there's a sign that says flooded road, don't go don't go down it. Just uh, be cautious. We we don't need need anybody getting get getting hurt. And we'll be letting you guys know about the the NXT show on the next uh, episode for sure because I'm really really looking forward to that. And Thanks for for tuning in in again, guys, and I will talk to everybody everybody later. Thanks. Use my body to keep you alive.